All right, everybody, welcome back to Farmer's Jam Radio. Very special edition of Farmer's Jam Radio today because we are talking with one of the Democratic candidates for Georgia Agriculture Commissioner. This is really important because for the first time in many years, there will be a new agriculture commissioner here in the state of Georgia. There are three Democrats running in the primary, which is coming up on May 24th. There is also one Republican, a Libertarian, and an Independent, although they do not have primary challengers. So we will be catching up with all of the candidates after the primary. Today, we are talking with Nikita Hemingway, a flower farmer from Gwinnett, who also has a history in real estate. We chatted about some of the big picture issues impacting Georgia agriculture today, including the pandemic and inflation, but also the historic admission by USDA that it has mistreated and discriminated against black farmers, as well as groundbreaking reports from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution outlining very flagrant and serious immigration labor abuses here in the state of Georgia. We learned more about Nikita's farm, her vision for Georgia agriculture, as well as why Nikita should be the next commissioner of agriculture here in Georgia. We hope you make your voice heard on May 24th in the upcoming primary because once again, it's a unique opportunity because there will be a new commissioner of agriculture and everyone listening here knows how important agriculture is to so many aspects of our lives. You can check out all of the interviews here on Farmers Jam Radio. If you want to get more plugged into the world of agriculture, head over to www.thefarmersjam.com and sign up for our newsletter. We send out five-ish news articles with a little bit of summary and information and context every week to keep you in the loop with agriculture here in the state of Georgia, across the country, and around the world. Here's our interview with Nikita. We will catch you on the other side. All right, everybody, welcome back to Farmers Jam Radio. Very excited here to be speaking with the commissioner or the can, a candidate for agriculture commissioner here in the state of Georgia, Nikita Hemingway. Nikita, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm excited to be here. And hey, if you want to call me commissioner of agriculture already, I'll accept <laughs> that too. <laughs> I'm all about emitting good vibrations in the universe and, you know, in prayer because it works. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see if my little slip pays off for you there. <laughs> um, so um, something that folks may or may not know, uh, to be agriculture commissioner, you have to be a, a practical, quote unquote, practical farmer here in the state. So first of all, can you tell us a bit about your farm? Yes. So I farm on, we have 7.5 acres. Um, in Gwinnett County, of all places, so we are definitely an urban farm, and my husband and I grow cutflowers. Uh, we've been farming for a little over four and a half um, years, and um, we could not have been any happier with this decision. Um, both of our families have backgrounds in agriculture, so this was um, 
this definitely spoke to the legacy and the shared values. And and what's interesting about this, you guys, is if you ever like if you ever meet my husband and I, we couldn't be any more different. I'm African American, <laughs> he's white. I, I'm definitely um, more left leaning. He's more right leaning. <laughs> he's from you know Central Illinois. They're corn farmers. It's been in their family for five year, five generations. And my family are coastal South Carolina, Savannah, um, rice farmers. And that was in our family for four and a half generations before it was sold. So, um, this, this, it's taught me so much about, um, life. And it's part of the reason why I am so excited about all the great things I can do for the state because, um, even in all of our diversity, there's so much likeness and, mm. uh, and we never talk about that enough, you know, so. Yeah, and especially in, in times like these where it seems like people want to focus on our differences um, and, and it kind of gets lost, uh, what we have in common. Um, Agreed. And, and personally, that's what I think is so powerful about not only food, but music. Um, but, you know, food really, it does bring everyone together, I think, reminds us that we are we are all human beings. We all need to eat. Um, and health and nutrition is, is vital for all of us. So within that, what is your vision uh, for Georgia agriculture? Yes, it, it's simple. It is taking uh, what this department was actually designed for and actually making it work. Um, we have some very good legislation here in Georgia. We have a pretty good uh, code around agriculture, but when you don't have a leader who is sitting in that position and making the system work justly for everyone, then this is the type of environment we um, create. And oftentimes when we're talking about, well, how can we do agriculture differently, you know, those who don't understand that uh, the challenges a small family farmer faces is not the same that big ag is facing, um, it breaks down in the opportunities that we're able to bring forth for everyone. Um, and so my what is important to me is listening to the farmers of Georgia, listening to the consumers of Georgia, finding out what is missing, and then making that bringing that to life. Um, and I think if we put that at the forefront of our brain, if we focus on just problem solving, we're going to be so many light years ahead of, you know, where we're likely to be if we don't do, make those adjustments now. So. And you mentioned, you know, problem solving. What would you say in Georgia or, or perhaps in just agriculture in general, what is the kind of biggest issue or the biggest problem that needs solving today? So um, it is ensuring that the 68,000 farmers in the state of Georgia is more profitable mm. and making sure that we get Georgia-grown products in the hands of every person that visits the state of Georgia and on the tables of every family um, throughout the state of Georgia. Locally grown food are, is abundant in nutrition, and it provides a better outcome for everyone who consumes it. You know, um, right now we are on the precipice of a food crisis we have probably never seen since the Great Depression. Um, the cost of food right now is the highest it's been in 40 years. Inflation is at 9%. 
We have a, you know, global issues like supply chain breakdown because of the pandemic, but also what's happening in with Ukraine and Russia, that impacts us. Um, Ukraine is the bread belt of, uh, or the bread basket of Europe, and they account for one third of all the grain produced in the world. So when they're unable to meet the demands of their community, what does that look like for the rest of us? What are the resources that we're being depleted of because there isn't sufficiency in the market? So for me, what that looks like for Georgia farmers is start with the basic things. You know, Atlanta Hartsfield Airport is one of the busiest airports in the world, and the Department of Agriculture currently does not have a presence. In addition to having a directory there for every consumer, I mean, every visitor of that airport, we should have a tasting station where people can sample some of the amazing things that are grown or manufactured or made here in Georgia. You know, and then we should also have a retail location at every terminal so that whoever's in that airport, if you saw this, you know, barbecue spice that you love and you've heard all these great things about, you can pick it up. It's right there. It's easy access for you. Um, and, and another thing is we're missing opportunity. Uh, COVID-19 presented a reality that we're going more digital in terms of how we engage and how we consume products. E-commerce, we knew was going to be the future, but the rate and magnitude at which it was adopted in the past three years is, is astounding. So having a virtual farmer's market is very much needed right now. I don't expect the farmers of Georgia to know how to build a website. I don't expect them to know how to rank their, their web pages so they can rise on Google searches or even do their marketing. Let us take care of that for you. And for the consumer, you don't have to personally know all 68,000 farmers in the state of Georgia you just need to remember Georgia's um, virtual website for agriculture. And there you can go very much like sites like Etsy and Amazon and purchase all the things that you want. There's a single checkout. The money goes to each of the different farmers. You get your product, and the farmers are making money. So it is taking the problems that we have now and looking at them from a different perspective with the mindset of, Every person in the state of Georgia should and must consume Georgia-grown products, and every farmer in the state must be profitable. I love that idea for the virtual farmer's market, and you're, you're right. I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of farmers were forced to try to learn some of these things about how to build websites and how to build online stores. And, and, um, and yeah, I think, you know, some, kind of, some sort of major portal would, would be a really, really interesting um, idea and, and I think could, could definitely support a lot of farmers. Um, one of the issues, uh, well, a couple of issues, Farmers Jam uh, has been covering uh, and have been in the news quite a lot lately, um, include black farm debt relief. So uh, the USDA um, made an announcement, a sort of historic uh, admission um, of historic discrimination against black farmers and black farm owners, uh, attempted to pass debt relief. It is held up in the courts. They've been unable to uh, pass anything through Congress. Obviously, Georgia has 
many, many black farmers. So this issue is being felt acutely here in Georgia and in the South. Now, this is more of a USDA issue, but I wanted to specifically get your um, perspective on this. Not only are you a farmer uh, with a long uh, history of farming in your family, but also you are uh, in real estate as well. And and that seems really prevalent um, in regards to black farmers losing their land. Is there anything that um, the Georgia Department of Agriculture can do to play a role in providing relief for black farmers who have been discriminated against by USDA? So, wow, that's a jam-packed question. (laughs) It is, yeah. (laughs) So there are several thoughts um, here. And and ironically, being an African-American farmer and running for this role, um, this is very hard for me to respond to this question because the way that I look at the set of issues and the real solution, it's not often popular. It's not what people want to hear, but it is the truth. Um, you know, the the recognition by the USDA of the systemic disenfranchisement of African-American farmers is only the first step in the healing process we need to see in the country. Um, recognizing that um, every farmer wasn't created or wasn't uh, treated fairly in the opportunities um, didn't exists according to what our rules, what our our laws say for everyone, that in and of itself um, lets us or helps us understand why representation matters. Um, We currently have Katanji Jackson-Brown, who um, has gone through her her hearing process or for confirmation to the Supreme Court of the United States. And I've, you know, analyzed both sides of the conversation as to why she's qualified, why she's not qualified. But at the end of the day, America delivers on its promise of all men being created equal and everyone having a fair opportunity when this woman is confirmed. And I think any argument against that confirmation what further cements the argument that America currently is not just and equal for everyone. The Department of Agriculture for the state of Georgia has one job, and it is to make sure that every farmer in this state is represented. And so for African Americans to truly see justice, what I believe is we just have to make sure that the system works, and it works fairly for everyone. Um, what has happened in the past, I do believe that they should be compensated, but that is a different set of issues, and it should never be lumped into the grand scheme of things. You know, my ancestors, they held on to that land for over 150 years before most of that was uh, stolen, and parts of it parts of it was sold. Um, but what does that speak to our family? What does that say for us? One of the things we have done, my relatives, my cousins, siblings, and I, is we've looked at what does the future look like for us? How do we protect our assets and ensure that our children and their children have something to lean back on so that 150 years from now they're not saying, look, this is how the system has failed us. So what we have done is we've gotten involved. You know, it's beyond uh, it's the conversation and the action for us is beyond how do we protect, you know, from a business and an asset standpoint, 
to how do we get involved in making sure that we're a part of the solution within the system so that the injustices, because that's just one type of injustice, but the injustices stop happening. Because mm-hmm. there are small family farmers who are not African American who are dealing with injustices in the system, and they feel invisible, and that's not right. So, um, you know, the, I, I feel like it's two different conversations. Give these people what you owe them. That's the first thing. America owes the black community an apology. I believe that's the, the right step um, in the direction that we need in order to have healing, recognizing the harm. Um, and, and then let's move forward by having a unified vision of making the system work for everyone. Yeah, I think that's that's. I think you're absolutely right, um, and that's you know a critical distinction that it is it is multiple issues. And one of the things that we talk about at Farmers Jam is that agriculture specifically is at the intersection of so many issues that we that we see today. Um, and and I think you 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 really um, painted the picture of how of how we can at least begin the process of, of reversing some of the past harms. Um, now, I, it, it's sort of, and, and maybe this is, you know, to sort of um, two sides of the same coin, but recently we have been seeing in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has done some amazing investigative reporting, um, bringing up issues of modern-day slavery on farms with uh, immigrants largely um, facing a lot of abuse. There has also been some serious chemical leaks at poultry plants that have caused uh, workers to to die. Um, we are the the number one state for poultry. Um, this seems like a major issue for the Georgia Department of Agriculture, but these cases have been revealed largely on the federal level. Is this something that um, the Georgia Department of Ag can do a better job of preventing? And, and, and how can we ensure that you know, similarly to the farmers, that also, you know, food workers and laborers are also being treated justly. So this is the part where um, you and the listeners are going to say, oh, my gosh, this girl sounds like a broken record. Does she not have another answer? Um, but um, it really is. A lot of these problems could have very well been avoided had the Department of Agriculture done its job. Yes. The, the Department of Agriculture's one of its biggest duty is to look out for um, all participants of the ag industry, and that includes farm workers. The state of Georgia, the Attorney General, has a human trafficking task force, and there is no person, not one person, representing the Department of Agriculture on that task force. So let's start there. Let's get mm. someone. Let's actually show up and do the inspections, which is a part of the constitutional rights that the Department of Agriculture has been given. Let's make sure that we have this, uh, the inspection done on a consistent and timely basis, and then we can get ahead of these problems and not respond to them. And then lastly, let's allow our farm workers to unionize. You know, having them feel protected, delivering on the promises we make to them um, is very important. You know, people, uh, a lot of people think that every farm worker in um, America, especially in Georgia, 
is a um, a migrant worker or um, an immigrant to this country. I know firsthand that many people in rural Georgia are moonlighting as farm workers because they're not making enough in their traditional nine-to-five jobs. Mm-hmm. And so because there are not many opportunities in those communities, they must go and work on the onion on onion plantation uh, farm and on the, you know, tomato farms to pick and supplement that income. So allowing our farm workers to unionize is actually very important to protecting the future of agriculture because when every participant in this industry feel protected and valued, that's when we excel. And if the farmers are making money, then being able to pay higher wages is not an issue. So we must make sure that what we have already established works efficiently and that the Department of Agriculture is doing its job. I can't tell you the amount of calls or conversations that I've had with people just telling me how this department has failed. I went into a grocery store the other day, and by the way, the Department of Agriculture uh, regulates grocery stores. They're supposed to do inspections, and there was an inspection stamp by the checkout line, and I'm not going to name the store, in my community, which is a metro Atlanta area, and that stamp was dated two years ago pre-COVID. Mm. The world has changed so much. So, yeah. again, it is. <laughs> it is. Sometimes we as human beings overcomplicate the solutions when we don't have to. It's right there. Let's start with making the department actually work. Make sure the Department of Agriculture is doing everything it is supposed to do. And then we can really look at the issues and see what needs to change, what, you know, new uh, zoning or new codes we need to bring forth, and then we can continue to grow. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it, it may, quote unquote, be a broken record, but I do think you are speaking to a point that is the Department of Agriculture has been working for a certain type of farm business for a very long time at the expense of, you know, all of the other issues that, that could be focused on. So uh, I think it, it is important to to drive home that point. Um, so this is the, the, the last word. Why should people vote for Nikita Hemingway and the upcoming primary on May 24th? Because I believe that we shouldn't villainize those in our society who are successful and who are getting it right. And I believe we should focus our industry, our energy on how do we get those who are not benefiting from those opportunities to get to where they are profitable, where they are successful? You know, it breaks my heart to hear every farmer I meet. It's like, yeah, this is my second job um, because in the daytime or during this time or the off season, this is what I'm doing to provide for my family. Um, there is no greater joy for me than being a farmer. And let me tell you, I have done everything. Um, I started my first business when I was 21 years old, and it was a travel agency. And um, when the dot-com boom happened, like other travel agencies, we were out of business overnight. And so I went to school and I majored in real estate. And um, when the 2008 housing market crashed, I was out of work. 
you know, and it's always been this constantly evolving thing for me where I saw the need to always continue to do something differently because I understood that I had to provide for my family. My husband and I um, have only been married for approaching 10 years now. I have four kids. And my two older children, I raised them until they're teen years by myself. So the challenges that people throughout the state, I get it. I understand it. Um, you know, when I was a teenager, I dropped out of high school. A lot of people don't know that about me. And it was because I was dealing with dep depression and trauma for being a childhood rape victim. Um, but I've always found a way to change the narrative of my life and push forward, and that was made possible because of opportunity. And that is what we've got to do for the people in the state. No one wants a handout. No one likes um, to complain about the system not working. So let's make sure the system works, because I guarantee you we're going to see so many um, more um, success and win stories uh, when we do. And when we talk about innovation, we haven't even tapped the surface, uh, the surface on the potential of what innovation could look like in this country because we have so many people who are disenfranchised and hurting. And I can tell you I've been in some of the poorest parts of the state, and there are some great minds that live there. So building people from the ground up is very important to me, and I don't care who you are. You deserve to have somebody fight for you. So that's why I'm running, um, and those are the changes that I want to see. And most importantly, I think that um, the healing we need to see in this country begins when we can recognize that others have a different story from ours, and we decide to champion in a rally around mutual success. Wow, but very, I mean, very powerful um, story and, and really grateful for you to uh, not only just be sharing that with us, but be sharing that with with the state, um, with your platform and, and everything you're doing to in this campaign. So uh, thank you again uh, for joining with us. Again, for everyone listening, uh, the upcoming primary is in May. There will be a new commissioner of agriculture in Georgia this year. Um, uh, Gary Black, the current commissioner, has, has um, served for the last four uh, elections. So this is a really big opportunity to make your voice ho heard as, as voters. So we encourage everyone to get out there and vote in the primary. Uh, Nikita Hemingway, once again, thank you so much for joining us and best of luck with your campaign. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for checking out our interview with Nikita Hemingway. We are so grateful for her time during an extremely busy time of year for farmers. Once again, the upcoming primary is taking place on May 24th. If you haven't registered to vote, there is still time. If you're not going to be in town, you can apply for an absentee ballot to make sure your voice is heard. Farmers Jam Radio is created by Longleaf Media. I'm your host, James Carr. The producer is Cam Christian with music by Nomad. Once again, head over to www.thefarmersjam.com. Get yourself plugged into the whole world of Farmers Jam. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your support. Y'all stay safe out there and jam on. <laughs>